This is Blake Seven in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by Five to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters and occasionally the not-so-one-offs, who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, but this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the episode first. Ian? Hello, Eric. I, I can't see very well with these sunglasses on. I don't know if uh, if you're the same. Uh, yeah, I've found that having your eyesight in the middle of your chest is a terrible, terrible idea. And you can't type very well. No, you all can't I can turn see your is... chest down at the keyboard. Yeah, all I can see is the corner of the table. Mm, mm. And how's your jumpsuit? Is it is it riding up? It's riding up a bit, and these uh, shoulder pads. Oh my god. I was going to ask you, what did you use for it's shoulder pads? I, I, yeah. I've used cornflake boxes for, oh, for, for mine. Uh, ever inventive. Mm, mm, yeah. All right, so here we go. How Melonby, season three. Um, <laughs> yes. I, 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 I've been chuckling away watching this. And um, like I said, you know, at the end of last week's episode, I think, you know, this first story of season three really does show the way the program will be go, going from a production point of view. You know, we got bright colours and uh, not much in the way now of hard science fiction that we've had in the previous two seasons. No, we we've definitely entered the the realm of the the science adventure or science fantasy genre, haven't we? It mm. was it was it was because uh, because this was one of the the ones that was on the the uh, third the fourth third or no the fourth and rarest of the compilation VHS tapes, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. There was one that was released, and it was released in Australia first, and it was offered for like 40 quid on the back pages of different magazines. And then they released it in the 9.99 range when they they were BBC were sort of trying their sort of foot in the water of would Blake 7 sell as a sell-through. And this was one of them. And I never really noticed just how jarringly different season three is in in everything than mm. season two was because it's it's just very 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 I, I don't want to say dumbed down but i can't think of any other word it's not a dystopian nightmare is it no <laughs> it doesn't say dystopian this one it, it it it's i don't know yeah no no it's not dumbed down no 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 it's not that it's it's just quite lightweight isn't it it's there's no depth to yeah, it. Yeah, there's no no yeah, no consequence to anything. In seasons one and two, you always felt that these people were, were sort of fighting all the time, that it was a quite a grim life, that there was consequences to every action, and then suddenly it's like we're we're just going through the motions where there's mm. no this this is where you the one where the, the you you're you'll happily kiss the person that's been spent two years trying to absolutely annihilate you and your friends. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's gone into, Oh, it's that P word again, isn't it? Yes. Pantomime. It is. It is. Yeah. I think this is the start of it right, right at the beginning. And yeah, this is the very first story of season three. And, you know, so there's been a break between season two and season three. And I'm guessing that the makers of the show had hoped a lot of what had gone before had been forgotten 
judging by the amount of Blake 7 greatest hits that we've got at the beginning with all this model work that we have seen before. (laughs) There's only a couple of ropey video effects of the Liberator that are new. Everything else is stock footage from the show. Yeah, well, this is, this is, uh, I mean, this whole episode screams, where's our budget gone? Which is worry for episode one of a, a new series. And, uh, you, you rapidly realize that the space battle, as you say, is made entirely of stock footage scenes. And that presumably because the main sets were quite big this time, they haven't bothered to erect the Liberator flight deck set. No. So, the only shot we get is that stock footage of one of the consoles blowing up that we yep. mentioned a few episodes back. Uh, very nice, very nice. But you see that and you think, oh, they've done, and then it's like, no, we we never see it again until the end, which was obviously filmed for the following episode in the mm. following episode's block. So they, they didn't bother building the Liberator flight deck. So every time we see the Liberator, it's on film and it's that corridor been redressed yeah. to be the, yeah. uh, the escape, uh, uh, the escape pods of which there's only six yes oh, i've got a question about that when we get to that point um but you're right when when we first meet our heroes it's all on audio we don't visually see them to begin with everything's all no. on audio you know and it, it must yes, be a, yeah. a, a budget thing but yeah we've got all this stock footage we've got very dramatic music but i've made a I made a note because that's that's who I am. I've made a note of just what models there are, right? So the first thing we've got is the Nova Queen and the Ore Carrier approaching each other from Star One, right? Yeah. Then stock footage of three pursuit ships. Then that, as I say, a terrible brand new video uh, film of the Liberator coming out from behind a planet, yeah, from which looks only planet. a bit bigger than, <laughs> than the Liberator itself. Um, that's kind of rubbish. Um, Zen says an alien counterattack is underway, and we get to see Freedom City, okay, but it's yeah. now firing a crappy laser. That's going on the list on the yeah. Facebook page. Crappy, crappy laser. Yeah. yeah, crappy, crappy laser. Then we've got another duff video shot of the Liberator flying through an explosion. Um, you've got the Wanderer class ship from uh, Killer firing a crappy yeah. laser, and then you've got the Nova Queen and Ore Carrier colliding. Um, and then the red lit liberator shot, okay, and all that is meant to denote this huge human Andromedan war, you know. <laughs> but oof. yeah, they've got no money. They have no money for this no first money. episode, yeah. do they? Which is you, you would think someone would have probably at, at the production meeting there would have been some little little production guy at the back of the meeting put his hand up and said, "If we haven't got any money." Should we be showing an intergalactic war? It's a heck of a way to start, isn't yeah. it? It's good that they're continuing from the cliffhanger uh, ending of season two. But if you've got no budget and you've got yep. the biggest battle that the human race has, has ever fought and you've got no money, just have it down on the planet and yeah. don't show any of it. Because they, they, they show the um, they show the, uh, the, the, the primitive people looking up and seeing the clouds lighting up that would have been good enough yeah yeah just no, someone looking saying, what's what's that what's that and then you see so cut out all of that liberator nonsense and then you just see avon's pod coming down and that creates Great sound mis- effect there Ian. yeah oh thanks right. i should be working on the program <laughs> we i think we could do a galactic battle slightly oh, that, more convincing than there's a special episode yeah. we'll have to do an audio one yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, um, to... but it would have been it would have been better like that. Just a bit, if if you can't afford it, leave it to the viewer's imagination. The lights in the sky look really good. You know that that was a really nifty yeah, way of doing it. Good, you, yeah, you, yeah. You didn't have pea bulbs in a night sky or anything like that. Yeah. You had these flashes. Now that yeah. that was really neat. But what I do like in in this effect sequence that starts the story is you do get that lovely shot of close-up sections of the Liberator with the explosions going off. Because yeah. they do look good. I always love it when you see a close-up of the whole of the Liberator. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot busier close-up, isn't it, than mm. it looks like it is. <laughs> Which, again, denotes away. size. The, yeah. uh, it, it is huge. So when you get in close, you see all this detail, but it's so big, you have to be miles away yeah. to well, be able to see it all in one shot. Yeah, it's, there's some. I mean, if you're a model builder or a ship fan, this is a sequence for you, isn't it? Because it's like you say, it's the best stuff. You don't have to go looking for things. No. Just watch this bit of film, and you'll see if it's if it's a ship and it's been in Blake Seven up to this point, you probably see it in this. <laughs> we- weirdly, as well, they they mention that uh, well, very dramatically. That guy says, "Star One has been destroyed." Yes, um, yeah. and it's a spaceship that blows up. Yes, yes. I don't. I didn't understand that. I was like, "Hang on, hang on, Star One. That's a planet, isn't it?" It's because they haven't got stock footage of a planet blown up. Yeah, they up. didn't have a planet blown up. They never ever had a planet to blow up. No, no. They could have borrowed something off Doctor Who, couldn't they? They must have had a ping pong We've ball said on about string. this before. There doesn't seem to be much in the way of cross pollinization in effects wise. Prop wise, no. yes. Costume wise, yeah. But not, not effects wise. Yeah, which is a shame because you think the BBC would have, would have kept everything they did like this you'd think they would have kept a stock footage wouldn't you so that yeah. they could use it in other programs At perhaps least it's just a good planet thing they blowing up or something yeah. well yeah the fans would have had a meltdown oh, I wouldn't they it. i mean you have you know the theory about you know the Andromedans were going to be daleks that's what terry yeah. nation proposed and you know that would have caused fan meltdown if suddenly you had you know planet whatever from doctor who featured in this little bit that would have yeah. made them even more so we the trouble is, even if they had done that, we would be sat here now going, and they showed Gallifrey when it blew up, yeah. <laughs> and taking the mic out from them. So perhaps it's okay that they didn't. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll yeah. stick do, with that. Do you going going back to the the uh, the the well known story of that? Oh, the the Daleks were going to be the new one. Do you think that ever progressed any further than either a a Terry Nation off the cuff comment in an interview, or b if it did happen, it was like who can we have as the Andromedans in a meeting? And Terry goes, Daleks, I'll get some more money. And they went, oh. shut up, Terry. Get on with your colouring. Colour, I, colour I got a feeling all this came about in the bar, but next day when they had sobered up, it's like, no, that's a crap yep. idea. And they dropped it immediately. Yeah. yeah. It annoys me, though, that all these things, and Doctor Who as well does this, where, where it becomes fan lore, and then the next yes. generation of fans that come along, it you remember the... the um, the Migo Tom Baker doll that was actually Gareth Hunt, utter, utter, utter bollocks. <laughs> that's been definitively shown to be yeah. utter rubbish. But, but people still believe it. Yeah, people still trot it out. Yeah, it's it's weird. Once something's been put out there, you can't get rid of it, can you? You can't. No, no. I I do wonder if it's true as well that it was Tom Baker who wanted, you know, there to be a scene where Blake's walking down a corridor. And the doctor walks past, or the doctor's walking down a corridor, and Blake walks past. I, I don't that, know if yeah, that, that is fan lore as well. Or, I think or that what. that sounds like a Tom Baker, off the cuff, m- made up 
yeah, quip it, in about yeah. It, it's oh, just a joke, but then it's yeah. taken literally, isn't it? Yep. It's it's all it's then suddenly it gets blown up. I mean, I you can see why um, JNT and Tom Baker when he left, they they connived to have him mention that the new Doctor, he or she, and that was a definitive. See yeah. how the fans. See if we can rile the fans up. Ironic, given that the new Doctor starts in a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, it's a week tomorrow, isn't it? Is it a week as, tomorrow? As of oh. this recording, yeah, a week tomorrow. All right, so, yeah, we get all these uh, close-up sections, and, uh, yeah, the first time we meet the crew, it's just their voices, including Zen. And But we don't see Zen. We just see this, like, uh, circular speaker somewhere aboard the uh, Liberator. It looks like an old light fitting on the wall to me. It does. This is, yeah, it's... this Again, it's budget, isn't it? But you do wonder, was this... It almost feels like they've they've filmed everything for this episode and then said right let's make the 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 beginning bit okay where's the space battle footage we spent months doing oh we've left it home let's just cobble it (laughs) it feels like this feels like this this wasn't like you say it doesn't look like a speaker and it doesn't feel like it ever was meant to be a speaker but they've just said we got a shot of this let's just stay on that yeah because it's just necessity that's that's why it's happening that's why it's happening System malfunction on blocks two and three. Villa, go and check the life support capsules. On my way. Zen, status report. Damage to the navigation computers is beyond the present capacity of the auto repair systems. The teleport malfunction is now total. Automatic shutdown has been implemented. are operational. Let's get out while we still can. Avon! Avon! But Zen says the teleport has totally failed and the damage is widespread and like you just said there, everything, all this is on film and we get Villa running down the corridor and he turns a corner and all they've got presumably is, you know, the the, the corridor set and the, the 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 launch capsule area is a corridor with like you know three hatches either side of the corridor and a ladder going up. I don't know yeah. where that ladder goes. Well, there's, but, there's uh, a few ladders, isn't there? That don't. So I perhaps it was the same shipyard that built this as built the uh, Kyropan shuttle. Hmm. Hmm. Before we started recording, um, I said, you know, I've got a lot more questions this time watching yeah. it um, than when I usually watch it, which is when I just sit down and I enjoy it and I don't think about that I've got to talk about it, you know. And my first question on this is these life capsule yeah. hatches, how do this work, you know? I mean, they're on either side of the corridor and they're not by the hull, okay? So do you get in one and it is like launched down a tube like Battlestar Galactica or something and then... Sh- you're shot out. Is that how it works? Well, yeah. We in this episode we get a lot of of spatial anomalies that don't make any sense unless you fill in the blanks yourself and make a bit up. So, yeah, I suppose they could they could be like uh, um, Star Trek uh, turbo lifts where it goes it pulls out sideways, then goes forward, then goes up, and then goes down. Um, or 
the Liberator is very, very small, and that is both sides of the hull. I don't think so. <laughs> they're, in, they're in the um, narrowest bit of late, the nose, late, are they? Yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be in one of those prongs. They've crawled down one of those prongs. Although we do Ooh. see them popping out all six of them, <laughs> all six hatches uh, later on. Um, but the, it's, it, it's like a little bit later on. We'll get to it um, shortly. But um, when they when they go to um, Howl's undersea base and they open a hatch and climb down a set of stairs... And then you see all that, that nice, if cheap, I'm underwater lighting effect. You think, yeah. they're under the beach. <laughs> it's not, beaches aren't like a, a, a small covering above an ocean. Why no. is there, so you've got to think, okay, that hatch isn't there. They're actually walking out 300 yards. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because the, the, the other thing, when they get uh, Avon into his capsule, yeah. it's like putting somebody into a dodgem car or something. They don't look very uh, safe, do they? Very padded no. or anything. And and the capsule is uh, running parallel with the corridor, right? Yeah. So if you get in the one in the middle of the three, you can't go forwards because there's another one right in front of you. So they presumably then swivel through 90 degrees and then they're fired down a tube and then they come out through those that exterior thing. Yeah. But um, Callie says that Blake, well, Jenna went with Blake. So presumably there's other life capsule uh, areas like this on the ship somewhere, maybe on the other side of the ship. Yeah, well, th- I, I was thinking about that because, again, the question thrown up. So obviously um, Sally Nivet and Gareth Thomas have gone, so they, okay, they can't show Blake or Jenna. I'm sure they could have found a bit of stock footage, but then they'd have to pay him, I suppose. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Callie says, uh, Jenna's gone with Blake. And you think, gone? Gone where? Oh, I know, I've got an answer. Yeah. We'll come up to that in a minute, all right? Because just before that line, I mean, you've got Villa, he does that comedy jumper and explosion behind him, and he, he clears some tinfoil off of the controls to check them. Yeah. And then you've got, yeah, a very obvious flame bar just underneath the camera. Oh, that's, yeah. Which so those, lit- those flames must be like <laughs> six foot high, mustn't they? Yes. And he's very nonchalant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he tells Avon that the capsules are still working, they should get out yeah. while they can. And that's when we go outside and we go to a green planet, even though, you know, what we see of the planet seems to be mainly sand with the odd bit of weeds here and there. Very and true. You- yeah, I yeah. thought of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you've got a lot of sea, but you don't see that. It's just a green yeah. planet. That must be a stock footage planet as well. Yeah. And you've got these three blokes riding along the beach, and they see those lights we were talking about in the sky, and the leader, who looks like Conan, all three of them look like that, that, that Conan types. I thought um, they looked they look pretty good for Blake 7. The, yeah. the armour and the... It looks like... This is obviously... I imagine... I might be wrong, and if anyone knows, let me know, but these look like stock costumes rather than ones they built for this mm. episode because they're too nice yes yeah yeah um yeah I'm, with blake seven very often you go oh that looks really nice where did they get it from yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah where did they steal that yes yeah um yeah th- yeah this this leader um alan what's his name i can't never ne- never remember his surname it's alan something he, he used to be married to diana Dawes. That's right. Yeah, and he was a bit of a bit of a hard man in real life. He, he was a yeah. Mm. He, he was in with uh, yeah the dodgy types. Yeah, and, the crazy uh, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and um, yeah. I, mean, I think when they were making this, he had just split up with Diana Dawes, and he he, he was battling the bottle quite a bit at this point. I, ironically, um, as this is um, the planet of no bras, 
it's probably a good job Diana Dawes wasn't with him. Oh, good Lord. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> uh, she could have played the old Betty Marsden role, couldn't she? Diana Dawes would have been yeah, good in I, that. Was, yeah. was she dead by then? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't think she was. No, no, no. Yeah. I think it was about mid eighties that she died. Oh. Yeah, yeah. She was anyway, huge, weren't she? I was thinking this the other day. In she every sense huge. of the word. In every sense of the word. And then nothing. No, it's like her entire, just totally forgotten. And nobody mentions her now. You no, don't really, really yeah, hear totally. mention of her. How did we get to talking about Diana Dawes? This is a Blake Seven podcast. Uh, oh, it's the Alan guy, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, Alan. Uh, Alan. Yeah, hard it's all your fault, Alan. Yeah, yeah hard man, Alan. Alan. Cockney, yeah. yeah, yeah. He says that this is the day prophesized, and that they must hunt down and kill any of the intruders. Why and... are prophecies never nice? Why is never it? good? Are it's they? the day of prophecy has arrived. Oh, Let's hand out the cakes. No, we have got one. We have got one. When we get to um, deliverance, we've got a prophecy. You've oh, got old true, Megat, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. You know, waiting for her god to arrive, and then Paul Darrow walks through the door. Yeah. Yes, yeah. We'll lot... be talking about that one day. I bet a lot of fans thought yes. Yeah, he is the god. Yeah. yeah, and they still think so. Uh, as we're recording this, we've got Cygnus Alpha going on just outside London, and I'm sure that sentiment is uh, rife in that yes. hotel this uh, th- this weekend. The Avon love is palpable, I reckon. Yeah. So, um, yeah, kill kill any intruders. Okay, they see a dodgy effect of something flying across the sky that crashes, and they ride off. And uh, up on the Liberator, yeah, Villa's still getting things ready. And that's when um, Avon and Callie arrive. And as I say, Blake didn't want to leave and Jenna's gone with him. How? We've got to get out of here. Where have you been? Where have you been? Blake didn't want to leave. Well, I do. I'm surprised you're still here. Where's Jenna? We haven't got to wait for her, have we? Jenna's gone with Blake. So let's get on with it. We must get him into a capsule fast. And then you can put all that in with him. Come on, quick. I've only got one pair of hands, you know. She's gone with him, what, in one capsule? Do they share a capsule? No. Yeah, they're close. Um, that's or, what I mean. It doesn't make any sense. No, I, I, I've come up with one. I reckon Jenna piloted that ship, you know, from the Time Squad. You know that ship yeah. that they had in the hold? I reckon she scarpered in that with Blake. Could be. Did they... Keep hold of that? Did they? I can't remember. Well, you, they you never they see it, again, it up or got but, rid of it or something. I mean, fan speculation is that hold in Time Squad yeah. is, is one of those like red blocks that go round the oh, Liberator. Right. In which case, you've got like three or four holds, so that you could have any yeah. number of uh, craft in there, couldn't you? You could, yeah. They could have. They could have said that. They could have said that. But yeah, no, they've gone somewhere else, and but we yeah. never find out. Well, and, we, we know that what, at least one of them went to the RSC, so perhaps that yes. was it. <laughs> and one went to Emmerdale. Yeah, so they, they could have said that, couldn't they? <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so you, next you get an explosion, Avon's knocked out, um, and they get in and they re- launch it on remote control. And that is a terrific model shot of the capsule launching. Um, yeah. It always reminds me of Kane's burial in Alien. Yeah, yeah, S- simple, simple idea, but done well, and that's yeah, that's the yeah. thing with special effects, and it don't. It, it as we literally said about an, uh, it felt like an hour ago, it's probably about ten minutes ago. Um, if you can't afford it, don't show it. Mm. So keep it simple, and that works perfectly. 
Yeah, no, it, it is lovely. You've only got six hatches. I guess that corresponds with the six, you know, launch capsules in the corridor there. That's where these six come out. Um, the hatch blows off and flies away. Does the Liberator then create a new hatch or what? Well, I I suppose because we know that uh, uh, Zen can grow new surgery uh, new surgery can grow new circuits and things can't he mm, we've seen yeah. that so perhaps he can perhaps maybe perhaps he can he generate a living one. computer yeah perhaps herculaneum is just easy to do replicate that with. Yeah. yeah but there's a countdown uh for the other two leaving and and it's close they managed to get out we never see that i guess they didn't have the money to show that um got another question right yeah um where we see the liberator you know the teleports knackered Life support is failing. They've got to evacuate. They've got to get out. So you get the impression the Liberator's in a very bad way. Yes? Yeah. Right? Now, they launch, what, a minute or so after Avon, but they don't land on the same planet as Avon. In fact, they launch, they land on two completely separate planets that are some distance from each other. All right? Neither do Blake or Jenna go uh, go down to that planet. So presumably the Liberator must be still moving... Yeah, and at quite some speed. At, yeah, it's travelling at time distort speed, mustn't it? Because yeah. otherwise they would have all, you know, come down on that same planet. Yes, yes. But yeah, I I just assume that the, the Liberator... My, my question is, why did they bother leaving the Liberator? So you get some rough idea that the life support's going to give out, mm. but they, they plan on... Their plan seems to be to get off the Liberator, but to go back onto it. So why yes. not just get into the escape craft that have got uh, separate life support and sit in them? Also, they've got spacesuits. Yeah. Because how long is Avon down on that planet? Two days? Something like yeah, that? Can't Surely more, you'd can be it? in your spacesuit for a couple of days. Yeah. Mm. This mm. seems a, a, a rash move to abandon your ship just because it's in, in a bit of a state. The most powerful ship in the universe as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but anyway, we we we've got this odd effect of Avon's capsule going through the atmosphere. Oh, it's horrible! It's horrible. There are so many things wrong with it. It's rock steady for one. It's it's flying horizontally, yeah. and you've got what looks I mean, like not, psychedelic yeah. milk going past. Yeah, it's obviously liquid, and there's mm. something in the top right-hand corner that's causing the liquid to to pool a bit round that. And it looked mm. it, it it's I again it, I think it's one of those where they've got they've thought this would be a good way to do it. And then they haven't had the budget to go, yeah, that looked crap. Let's find another way. It's like, oh, yeah. shove it yeah. on. Yeah. It reminded me very much of those nebula effects in Flash Gordon. You know, those yeah. psychedelic swirly cloud things. Which, that's fine if your tone is that, like that level of thing. But nothing else in the episode is. This is meant to be this planet's atmosphere that yeah. he's flying through. You know? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, um, Avon wakes up and he realises it's going too fast and he orders, you know, um, Orac to land it. Yeah. Too fast. Too fast. Going to burn up. Orac, you'll have to handle it. Instruct the computer. Get us down. Get us down. And I do like the slatted windows 
on the model actually match the slatted windows yeah. on on the on so the unusual sense, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So weird, we... weird though that it unless it's got like inertial dampers in it, like Star Trek ad. It, it, again, I I raise my health and safety concerns with this escape pod. He's not secured in any way. He's got Orac right. in a big, sharp, jabby box next to him. It, it it seems like an accident waiting to happen. He's got that thing on 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 a pole in front of him that reminds me of the cobra head of a Martian yeah. war machine. You know, so he would be impaled on that. On yeah, that's a, that looks well. nice and stabby. Yes, <laughs> stabby. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah, he's not safe. Uh, we go back to the planet, and it's Mike Yates. Yay. Mike Good Yates Lord. and the Teraleptal leader. Hurrah! Oh, I just know him off the bill. He was the in the hour. bill, yeah. They're basically extras, aren't they? Mike but Yates, Mike Yates is has an extra. become an extra, yeah. Some might say he was an extra as Mike Yates, but that would be cruel. Yeah, but when he was Mike it. Yates, he got more than one minute of uh, did, screen time. Yeah. That, that These two guys are in it for one minute. You know? Yeah. Also, it has. I also have to say, from my point of view, these are these. This one minute is some of the best in the episode. I again, it, we love it. We love our troopers mm. being people, and this is this is superb that they've they've done their battle. They've won their bit. They, I, I I really like this. It's a shame they died straight away. I thought you said, was going to say it's your favourite because you get to see Mike Yates chopped up with a whacking great big sword. No, I never. I was never. I mean, Mike. When we did the the Green Death one, and we said how wet he was, but I was never one of the haters of Mike Yates. I just, I think he was a he wasn't a great actor playing that part. I'll caveat I that. I didn't like I don't the think character. It yeah. was just too smug for me. Yeah, he was too smug. But you're right. I mean, yeah. Here we are. We've got two Federation troopers. You know, minus their helmets. They're basically yeah. extras, but they they're giving some good exposition, aren't they? That was close. Are we the only ones who got out? Could well be, sir. Most of my section were dead before we hit. Have you any idea where we are, sir? Planet called Saren, I think. I wasn't able to get a firm fix. Does it matter? No, sir, no. I'm very grateful to be out of the battle. And alive. Do you know how many alien ships were confirmed killed? Five hundred at the last count, sir. I heard it was nearer six. Six hundred? Historic victory, that's what they'll call it. Oh. How does it feel to have made history? Very painful, sir. We lost over 80% of the fleet, you know. 80%? We only won because there were more of us than there were of them. If you call that winning. Look, there's another one of them. Could you see what it was, sir? Life capsule, I think. Yeah, but was it one of ours? Couldn't tell. I'd be very careful if I were you, sir. There could be some alien survivors down. Oh, we're all right. We're out of the war now. Come on. Yeah, it's and it. This is how the whole battle should have been. We shouldn't. We didn't need to see all that cheap-ass metal of special effects shots. This, what they say, carries more weight than any of that did. Mm. And they should have done this in. They should have been the the Greek chorus telling us about the battle in detail. And it's it. It's nice. I mean, they. It, I I do love the fact that they. There's like how many sh- alien ships did we destroy? I had five hundred. I had six hundred. Yeah, I bet it was yeah. closer to four. Yeah, but it, you're absolutely 100% right. This, you didn't need the effects at the beginning. No. To say, you know, I, th- I heard it was more 600 destroyed and 80% of the Federation fleet is gone. You know, it, it, in that one minute, you get the setup for what the Federation is like. 
in this new season, don't you? Yeah, it 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 works so well. So let's 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 we're we're the editors on this episode. We we can uh, we can remake this episode how we want it. The way to do this, I think, would have been you start off. The first shot is the planet, then the beach, then you see the two. Uh, the two um, Alan and his friend riding up. They look at the clouds. What's something weird's going on? Is this a day of prophecy? We don't. The, the audience. We don't know what's going on. Then you see the escape pods come down. You see the one open, and it's two Federation guards. They're explaining the the big battle. As an audience member, you're going, "Oh my God! This I can remember last episode. The Liberator. Where is it? Like then the yeah. next pod opens, and it's Avon. And we don't say what's happened to the Liberator until later on. And yeah. Then it's it's teased out that the Liberator's been almost destroyed. You've got tension. You've got uh, mystery. You're going to be on the edge of your seat. Nope. We get a fifty-pound yeah. budgeted special effects scene. Because your everything. imagination is going to come yeah. up with far more than what the BBC could afford. If exactly. You, if, yeah. You if you don't see the damaged Liberator, if you don't see the launching of the life capsule process or where on the ship that was if you don't see any of the battle what you come up with in your head is going to be far more you know impressive i think than what we actually got yeah especially like so this episode let's imagine that we don't at the end of it we don't see avon getting picked up so he's just waiting will the liberator turn up or not and then the next episode you've got the the villa bits and villa would i mean michael keaton would have done a great sequence about where he's telling someone about uh, Zen's dead. His last words were this, but and he thinks that, and he's panicking. Mm. It would have been superb. Yeah, yeah. But this is what we've got. This is yeah. what we have have. Um, and just after you know, you've got the two guys talking. That's when Avon's ship lands, and they're quite happy that they're out of the war. They think they, you know, um, everything's going to be fine. But that's when no, um, old Alan turns up, and uh, they get butchered, don't they? Yes, they, and it's quite, quite gruesome, really. You don't see anything, but the 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 idea of it that these these two people have been through a battle, they've survived that, they they've surrendered, they think, and then get hacked to pieces with a sword. It's quite they get slaughtered nasty, because yeah. they are kind of almost pleading. Their screams are almost yeah. like pleading screams, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, but Avon is down. He gets a tussle with those three. Uh, we haven't said one of those is actually Stuart Fell. Yes, uh, you can see little Stuart fell in a wig. Yes. <laughs> oh, bless him. Um, um, yeah, so, yeah, he gets attacked by those three, but he's saved by Dana. This is the first time we ever see Dana. She's got her bow and arrow. Yes. And um, convenient, that, because that doesn't cost any money to uh, come up with a bow and arrow. And she takes them to the cave, right? This cave. Um, I've got a problem with this cave in that the Sarans don't, ever seem to notice that there's a cave yeah, on so, the seashore. So so uh, Dana says it's her like little bolt hole and they you know it's where she's safe from and right. And then later on we see that it literally is a small cave with an opening right out onto the bit of beach that yes. the the Sarans use all the time. Yes. Yeah. It stretches mm. credulity a bit. It also it looks awful. It looks like it's made out of uh I don't know, like cheap set walls flat walls it looks like they're in a tent yeah it looks just like they're in a tent (laughs) it's very strange i i have to um i think i think we should have a uh this this was Anne's suggestion she sat and watched this she enjoyed it really enjoyed it to be fair um but she said um where's all the space bras so dana's 
Mm. Obviously, I mean, what was the director a bit? You know, you don't need a bra. No, don't worry. It, it will look fine on camera. Um, yeah, so I think we should have a, a bra count. Oh, for no, this not another one. <laughs> yeah, the, for, for this, this episode would be zero. <laughs> yes, no, no one's wearing bras. No one at all. Um, so this is Dana's introduction in the cave. She says that her and her father are from Earth, yeah. that they landed there and apart, that are completely keeping apart from the Sarans. And also she's got a stepsister which we'll talk about when when, when she comes along. Yes. Um, and she calls Avon beautiful, um, yeah. which I, I, I reckon most of the people at Cygnus Alpha this weekend would agree with. Um, and Avon realises that Aurak she must takes, be back She takes the, the chance, yeah. yeah. She has a quick she, snog, doesn't she? Yeah, she takes a chance to, uh, uh, to abuse Avon. Yes. yes. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, dear. Meanwhile, Servalan is in the sand dunes, uh, yes. trying to communicate, isn't she? Open transmission for immediate relay to Federation Fleet Command. Message begins. Escort Group 9 destroyed en route to main battle zone. President Servalan forced down on planet Saren. Rescue is now your first priority. Repeat. Rescue takes precedence over everything. Message ends. Acknowledge transmission. Answer me, damn you! Answer me! Hang on, hang on. What's that? What's that sound dinging? Oh, it's the no bra meter yes. going off again. <laughs> we should have. We have one of those yeah. little hotel ding machine. Ding. And and, um, and thought it was hilarious that. I mean, it, it's, it, this is so typical Silverland that that she's wearing high heels on the beach. And yeah, this is just, this is lovely. But that is, is Silverland, isn't it? That's, this is complete Silverland. Yeah. She's uh, really now. good in this. She's really good. I enjoyed Silverland in this. She is, but. Next problem I've got is just how close are all these planets uh, during the battle? Wasn't Star 1, like, you know, out in intergalactic space? Yeah, Star 1 was right on the edge. It was the last thing before open intergalactic before, space. Yes, they, was, they, yeah. they left the Milky Way, basically, didn't yes. they? And they were in intergalactic space on their way to Star 1. Here we are during the battle... We're not in intergalactic space, and you know, you know th th this planet is like the Tatooine of Blake Seven in that everybody seems to be turning up here, you know. And later on in the show, yeah, we get I mention think... of of things from the war and the battle. And wasn't that like like, like an antimatter minefield? There was one channel through. Okay, they say Star One is blown up, so presumably all those uh, antimatter minefield is turned off. So, but then what happens? Everybody comes through. It's it's three dimensional space. How can you have? It's it's not like a a, a, a Terran war, is it? Where you have a, a a breach in the line and everyone's got to come through there. No, it. I mean, I can't just blame the BBC for this because they do it on Star Trek all the time. They do it. Um, it's it's too complicated to think in three-dimensional ways to do these things so they're always portrayed as land a space battle is exactly the same as a land battle yes um, everything's horizontal isn't everything's it you've got one plane. everything's on the yes. same plane everyone meets yes. each other on the same plane and i i understand why they do it because it's it, it's just it simplifies things but you almost get the feeling on with this that they so regretted putting star one where it was mm. And then obviously went. No one will remember, mm. and and just changed everything because this 
there's no way and I, 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 this is a challenge to anyone that wants to do it, but there's no way of squaring this circle. You can't fit what's said in this episode mm. to match what was said in Star 1. No, not at all. No. And and even if this was, like, say, the last planet before you went... Say they, they, they actually drove past this planet on the way to Star 1. The chances of Serverland coming along and doing this morale-boosting, you know, visit getting attacked yeah. and crashing on the planet as well you know it's like oh come but, on so let, let's look at this so when we know that the liberator the time that Callie and villa were spread out onto different planets we we're only looking at it was like a couple of minutes tops between avon launching and them launching yeah so so there you know so we we, we know that with these ships traveling these speeds so you've got a very limited chance of you being on the same planet we've had two federation guards who at no point said they were on serverland's ship i think they would have mentioned it so they're from a different ship so we've had those hit this planet avon hit this planet serverland hit this planet so that's that's three different vessels have hit this planet that's quite monumental the fact that avon and serverland know each other mm -hmm. massively unlikely that this would happen then you've got not only have they hit the same planet they've all hit the same small bit of beach <laughs> they've all they have this unless this is a very very small planet you know yeah which it didn't look size like of the isle of white or something yeah maybe it's even that <laughs> I, if, if you said to someone um okay you and two mates we're gonna go next tuesday and meet up on the isle of white where are just somewhere on the isle of white do you think that you would meet up? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It is completely stretching yeah. it, isn't it? Completely. Oh, dear. Yeah, um, it's, I, I mean, unless, unless the Liberator is powered by the improbability drive, this is, this is, this is uh, space opera, isn't it? This is not yeah. in any way, shape or form. I've just had a thought. I, I've just had a thought to explain how come Callie and Villa... Are on completely different planets to Avon. In that, what if all those three planets are in the same star system, and that hospital ship, you know, that uh, we see in the next story, is just incredibly slow? Okay, so they are all in the same star system. That can explain that away, but it doesn't explain how come Serverland lands almost in exactly the same place Avon landed, which just so happens to be right near the hatch where ha yeah. where Hal Mellenby is living. So that so let's let's pile on some more untenable coincidences. You're right. The fact that this planet that is on the edge of the galaxy, <laughs> this is the one that Hal Mellenby thought was the best one to hide on. Yes. That's going quite away, isn't it? Well, maybe that's why he chose it, because he wanted yeah. to get away from the Federation, so he's gone to the farthest point away yeah. that he can go. I mean, 10 out of 10 for logical thinking, but minus several million for practicality. <laughs> um, then you've got the, the, the thing that, that he used to be a... Or he, he knew Ensor, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. So there's another... Yeah. There, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, my brain's gone to jelly. It's because we're thinking too much. This yeah. is the problem with podcasting. We're thinking too much. It, this is yeah. just a bit of fun, you yeah. know. And it is. If you and I this, weren't podcasting, yeah. if we had never done this, and it's Saturday afternoon, and, and and in one of these massive coincidences that we're talking about, 
to do with this story. You over in Wales and me here in England are watching Aftermath at exactly the same time. None of these questions, I think, would come up. No. This is this is a this is just this is almost a reset button, isn't it? This episode is a reset button for the series mm. to get it to where they need it for season three, with Avon in charge, Blake and Jenna gone, mm. and the, the, so yeah. The, I, I imagine your average viewer would probably thought, "Oh, this this is all right. This looks all right." Yeah, and as, especially as if you're new to the show. Yeah, if you're new to the show and you've never seen mm. season one and two, oh, know, it's, yeah, you it's might a be good quite introduction by it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, she's there, um, and she's calling herself president on her little communicator there, and she's demanding that her rescue takes top priority. But the thing's broken, isn't it? So so off yeah. she stomps in her high heels. Uh, how she manages to walk in high heels on a sand dune, I, I, I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, fair dues, fair dues. Yeah, she, yeah. Uh, she keeps her balance well. Yeah. Dana and Avon, they're also in those dunes. And uh, yeah. Dana says that their base is, is in the sea and goes off to check uh, to see it's safe to go on. You know, and, he, uh, and he's like, don't you mean under it? And she's like, no, in it, you know. Um, and Avon's there. And that's when Servalan appears because she's just yeah. round the, the, the corner of the dune. And, uh, yeah, and puts a rifle to Avon's head. Stay quite still. Servalan. You don't sound surprised. Why should I be? It has a perverse kind of logic to it. Our meeting is the most unlikely happening I could imagine. Therefore, we meet. Surprise seems inappropriate somehow. Stand up. Over there. Where are Blake and the others? I haven't the remotest idea. I'm not even sure that they're alive. I was unconscious. Somebody must have got me into a life capsule. And Aurak with you. I shall need Aurak. Where's your ship? Plastered over a large area of this miserable planet. You should have stayed at Space Command headquarters. The battle was virtually over. A personal appearance is always good politics. Especially for a new president. Congratulations. Why don't you put away the gun? Why should I? Good politics? I'd need a better reason. How about an arrow through the head? If she fires, the chances are that I would still pull the trigger. Do you want to risk it? It's out of my hands. Yeah, she she holds the rifle. This is either very clever or, or she holds the rifle like she's never held one before. Mm. Now that could be quite clever. I was thinking, yeah. why is she holding the stock like she's yeah. holding it? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, very clever. Yeah, she. Yeah, she's this head of the military, but she's never um, held a rifle before. Yeah, well, there's a. Um, as you know, I, I'm quite a fan of the Doctor Who companion called Leela, and she was a uh, a warrior, not from a, well, from a different planet, but you know, interesting backstory. And in one story, Horror of Fang Rock, she has to do some shoveling, and I always was worried that. That the actress, I thought, ah, oh, she's shoveling terribly. It's she was she was putting coal into a boiler using a shovel, and it's like, oh, she, it, it's like she's scared. Of her. And then in the commentary with Louise Jameson, who was the actor, and it was so clever that she said she did that deliberately because, of course, Leela would never have seen a shovel before. No, 
and, nice. and I and, and that gave me such an appreciation and I started watching some other episodes and going oh my god Louise Jameson is a genius actress and I think I I think perhaps Jacqueline Pierce is a genius actress as well because yeah it you think oh look at the way she's holding it and you think she's probably never held one before mm, mm. she just needs needs people to do that for yeah. her why should she hold one yeah. exactly yeah yeah I, I I really don't like this I I can remember not liking this um you know, upon transmission, and I still don't like it now. When she says to Avon, "You don't seem surprised to see me," and Avon says it's got a perverse logic to it um, about you know our meeting is the most yeah. unlikely, uh, therefore we meet. What that that makes no sense. A perverse logic? No, no that's anti-logic. That's not perverse logic. It's the opposite of logic. It's not logical. Well, it's, yeah, it's 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 a it is Avon's version of the improbability drive, isn't it? That the most improbable thing to happen will happen, but yeah, it's not. It's not logic by any sense of the. No, it's no. It, it's, it should it's, be it's, like he should be saying, "What's the least logical thing to happen?" It's therefore. it's as yeah. It's as simple yeah. as Avon showing off. Ah ha ha! I knew you would be here. That's basically what he's saying, yeah. isn't he? It's you it's know? to show that Avon's super cool. Yeah, he's super fly. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not worried by it, or yeah. he's just on heavy tranquilizers. Yeah. Yeah. But that's where we find out, you know, she's crashed there. You know, she was going to hold, uh, uh, yeah. have this personal appearance when it looked like the war is one. Typical politician. You yeah. go in once all the fighting is finished for a bit of a PR exercise. Yeah. That's what she was doing. Um, but Dana comes along there and, and um, has got her covered. So she has to drop the gun and they come to a truce. And uh, Avon says, well, give me the gun. And she goes, okay, but... Uh, it's empty, you know, which is a, a good line from Serverland. Yeah. And uh, that's when Avon says, doesn't he, about, you know, it's a great pity that we're on the wrong sides, you know. So I guess he's just assuming, well, I've, I've met somebody as shifty and as devious as I am. Yeah, this this is the start of the, the, the great Avon. And I say great as in not that it's wonderful, but the large Avon and Serverland Sherlock Holmes, Dr. Moriarty idea mm. that they were always implacable foes, but they had great respect for you, which is utter bollocks. No, yes. Nothing we've seen so far in the series justifies how they're portrayed in this episode. Mm. Um, it Again, it's this re- reset sc- switch in this episode. This is what they wanted. They wanted it that it's a sci-fi show, so therefore mortal enemies actually mm-hmm. when they're put together won't kill each other there it, it it cheapens the characters i mean i can see serverland keeping avon alive and not just knocking him over the head and trying to kill him because she's got an eye to he might have a way off this planet that's yes. so much in serverland's character but avon should have just killed her yeah as soon as she dropped that gun he should have yeah punched her in the face dragged her over to the water and drowned her that's what avon would have done this is it's again so cheapening of the character yeah this is where just, it's all starting yeah. to go a bit iffy isn't it it yeah. is yeah yeah but they, they go off they make it through a hatch on the beach and uh, when they get down that ladder that's when avon figures out what's going on okay it's a fixed orbit station he says so basically a space station that's in orbit um, that Dana's father landed under the sea. Okay, now number one, 
How did they find that fixed orbit station? Presumably it was in orbit when Howe and Dana came along in their spaceship. Maybe it had been abandoned or something. Maybe this planet, you know, was civilized and it's drifted back into barbarism, you know, a bit like uh, on Zenon. Or yeah, something so like that. Pra- perhaps it, the perhaps the orbiting space station was the original Star One. It was Star Not Point One, and oh. it was d- deserted by the Federation and that. But the, yeah, it could be. I mean, it could be. Yeah, yeah. We, we, but okay, let's say that is okay. That explains how they've stumbled across this across this space station. But then, um, that's in in orbit so you yeah. would have to then pilot a space station through the atmosphere land it in the sea and bury it in the seabed okay yeah but i mean they landed in the sea presumably because that's soft because mm. because in in film world anything hitting water that's as as safe as hitting yeah. a feather bed isn't it that's yes it's nice and but soft but it's not under the sea like you said earlier it's, yeah, it's, under, not. The beach. it's under the beach <laughs> and that's an orbiting station right how funky is that interior that doesn't scream space station to me in the slightest it to me it screamed we've got a set left over from top of the pops (laughs) it does look top of the pops it really does and like you say you've got the shimmering light effect but you can't have that yeah um unless there's a swimming pool that we don't see maybe dana's got a little swimming pool a bit like you know that water tank in splash that Daryl Hannah's in, you yeah. know, maybe she's just got a, a like like a water tank just off you can to see, one side. You can see how this happened. They, I mean, I, I, I'm half joking about it, looking like an old top of the pop set. I imagine this was a set for something else. That everything about this episode screams that they got no money, and I think because this is quite, it's a big set, and I think this is they've either decided let's put all our money into this main set, and that's why they couldn't have the the liberator set up or they filmed this on a standing set from something else redressed it so the liberator stuff wasn't built that makes more sense to me and it looks like it it's built for something else it's very very solid and very spacious yes um it's big I, isn't it it's very big even when you go into dana's pink bedroom that's a fanzine name, isn't it? Dana's pink bedroom, um, <laughs> or a euphemism, or a euphemism. Um, <laughs> it's it's massive. It's it's a huge set. So either they either the money had really run out, and they they thought if we make one big set or two big sets, that's cheaper than making all the little sets we need. But you can you can see on the day, can't you, where the, the director's gone and go, hang on, isn't this set meant to be underwater or something? And they go, oh, quick, put the, put some gel lights on. <laughs> uh, it makes no sense. No. As soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, that's quite a nice water effect. And I thought, why is it water? They're not under the sea. Hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Servalan asks for Dana's dad's name, and she says yeah. she doesn't recognize it. And uh, when she's gone, Avon takes a look at a bunch of weapons that are on the table there. And that's when Hal comes in. And doesn't he come in? <laughs> Welcome. You're Avon. Dana told me you were here. I'm Hal Mellonby. Good to meet you. Thank you for your hospitality. You've been involved in the war. You could say that. We were damaged. Had to abandon our ship. Come and sit down. Thank you. You're not alone in losing your ship. The losses on both sides have been tremendous. I've been monitoring the status transmissions. Did we win? 
Still very confused, but there's not much doubt the aliens were virtually wiped out. Well, the price was high enough, but at least we got what we paid for. You almost didn't. It was a close-run thing. What's left of a Federation fleet, which isn't much, is scattered halfway across the galaxy. I'd say the Federation's in a lot of trouble. Yes, it's difficult to sustain a military dictatorship when you've lost most of the military. <laughs> I only hope Blake survived long enough to realize that he was winning. Both wars. Blake? You were with Blake? Yes, though it hardly seems to matter now, if it ever did. If it mattered, Blake and the Liberator? I've been hearing reports for the last couple of years. You were magnificent. Not from where I was sitting. You're doubly welcome here, Avon. We have something in common, too. We're both fugitives from the Federation. Dana told me you had enemies. I've been hiding here for a long time. What was your crime? It wasn't a crime. But there's still a price on my head. Three million credits. You must be very special. I constituted a threat to them. Then I'm afraid by asking us to come here, you may have put yourself in danger. The woman who was with me is Supreme Commander Servalan. She may even be President Servalan by now. Servalan? I've heard of her. Yes, she came into power some years after my defection. It's possible she doesn't remember my case. Don't count on it. Servalan has a long memory. If it comes to the point, I shall take whatever actions necessary to protect my freedom. For her sake, it would be better that she doesn't remember. I've been toying with the idea of when we reach this point in our episode, whether to have the theme from Shaft now playing underneath as we discuss the entrance of uh, Hal Mellenby. What do you think? Yeah, I think that would fit really well. He's, uh, he, is, uh, like, he is super fly, isn't he? He's, he's uh, super... Oh, yeah. It's 70s disco, yeah. you know, and, and it, he's brilliant. Can I just say he's yeah. absolutely brilliant? I love, I love this. I love this performance. I love this character. The way he comes, just the way he walks. He comes in and, you know, his shoulder pads are swaying. He's got those those shades on. We find out there is a reason why he's wearing the shades, but, oh, those shoulder pads. And Anne made a good uh, point. So so he wanders in and she goes, he invented the uh, street thug shades before (laughs) the meme. You can just imagine them slowly flying, going down the screen onto someone's face, and you got the, you know, you've seen those memes with it on. It's, uh, it's brilliant. He's, he, he's he is really totally good. and yeah. utterly fabulous. I mean, I, I really wish. It's such a pity, you know, that Blake Seven cosplay isn't more of a thing because I'd love to see some Hal Mellenby's walking around the convention floor. Yeah. You know, it'd be brilliant. You know, and the way he saunters in and he's he's got a swagger to him. Yeah. You know, and and he's upbeat and he's friendly and he's cheerful. You must be Avon. You know? yeah. it's <laughs> he's just brilliant. so cool and so yeah. he's like he Blake Seven. Yeah. yeah, he he's like Blake Seven's equivalent of Landau Carizian. That's yeah, who actually, he is. yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, <laughs> you know, in his wardrobe, he's got some capes. He's got a room of capes, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he is brilliant. Oh, 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 Cy, I mean, he is great, yeah. Um, and he says that the Federation have won the war, uh, but they're scattered. and yes, scattered um, across the galaxy. Scattered across Galaxy's the galaxy. Galaxy's a big place, Sir Hal. <laughs> the Federation yeah, over-exaggerating wasn't that big. Again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, that sums up Hal Mellenby, over-exaggerate. Everything is over-exaggerated with Hal. Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, Avon says, doesn't he, say, oh, Blake won. And, and that's when Hal gets interested. So you were with Blake, 
And I love the way yeah. he pronounces liberator. He goes liberator, yeah. doesn't he's, he? He's no. got a, he's got a wonderful accent anyway. Yeah. And he's got wonderful cadence in speaking. But yeah, he he says words. He says Avon funny. He says liberator funny. But I love it. It's like I could listen to him do a, a talking book. My favourite yeah. pronunciation that he does is Alrak. He yeah. doesn't say Aurak. He says, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're keeping Aurak stays here. You know, oh, he's brilliant. <laughs> he's great. He's great. Yeah. And um, it. Sorry. No, after you. I was just going to say, and you might be coming to this. So he, he, he sort of has a little chat with, because Avon, he's, he's, how's doing, saying he's from, he's hiding from the Federation. He admires Blake. You've done incredible work out and that's what avon sort of says or oh, you might want to be careful of the person i'm with yes and then they discuss and this we were we we were talking last week or the week before about when exactly Serverland came to power, came to power. Mm. and this gives us some interesting backstory it doesn't fit mm. with what we thought but this gives us some interesting backstory doesn't it because he says uh, that she came to power some years after he left yes some years we find out later on that that it's 20 years yes which makes dana about 22 23 yeah which doesn't fit with them continually calling her a girl no um but if it was 20 years ago and a few years after that let's uh, let's be very concerned well, let's be very uh, generous and say 5 years is mm-hmm. some years that means Servalan was in has been in power for 15 years Ah, doesn't feel like it. Yeah, but come to power and supreme commander doesn't mean the same thing. Mm, yeah, okay, she, she could have yeah. come to power as head of you know, you know the uh, investigation bureau or the interrogation team. She could have started yeah. off, you know, as shrinker's boss or something or, like that. You know, given the amount of car parks we see on Earth, <laughs> she might be head of the parking bureau. Yeah, she could be. And how? Because he would have had a blue badge. That's where they come a cropper. <laughs> she 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 took away Hal's blue badge. Oh, we're writing this backstory, hey, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is exactly why they would never hire us to write. No, anything. not at all. Yeah, yeah. A- a- any remake or anything like that? Yeah. No, forget about us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that is good. I li- I like all that dialogue. You know, it 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 sets him up. It explains a little bit more of Serverland's backstory, and that's good. Yeah, and it does yeah. make me wonder. Did so I got a mental image of Hal sat there, Coco, his cape on at night, and on that settee that that he sits on and turns the lights off, and then listening to the radio and listening to reports of Blake. Mm. How I, I'm not sure how else he found out about it being at the edge of the galaxy. Yeah, it, yeah. It, well, it's analog, isn't it? He, so yeah. he, he was li- listening to medium wave. Or uh, something he's, like that. He's, so that means that the, the the length of time it took to come. He's still uh, halfway through season one. That's why he's so enamoured of it. Ah, right. We, we've answered another one there yeah, as well. He's, he's yeah. probably got to seek, locate, destroy, hasn't he? He's got yes. to the good stuff. <laughs> um, in the bedroom, Pink's, uh, yeah, Pink's, uh, Dana's pink boudoir <laughs> there. Yeah, we've yes. got lots of catty remarks about, you know. Oh, I love, yeah, I like this. Cause yeah, you, and it's they, all they, through they, the smile still, isn't yeah. it? You know? <laughs> and we've all, we've all been there, haven't we? They this is this is really nicely this is Serverland's pleasant smiling 
but she's going to stab your eyes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dana's good, giving as yeah. good as she gets. Dana's not, good in this episode. Not too old for you. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we get a bit of Dana and Hal's backstory because they design weapon systems. But who for? They, de- well, they, they, they develop all these weapons, but then what do yeah. they do with them? Do people come and visit? They can't no, well, come and visit. The Saurons I don't think would anyone's chase them off. visiting, yeah. Well, Dana makes a point, doesn't she? She says, what's the point of making all these weapons if we never use them? And, mm. you know, I, I, I agree with her. What's, what, why is he making all these? It, it seems a pointless exercise. Unless he's think- posting them to people. Do you think at some point he he would actually put the feelers out and try and contact Blake or somebody and say, look, I've got these weapons? Because we we do find out that Hal, you know, was arrested for supplying weapons to rebels. So Servalan tries to wheedle out of Dana why they're there. And Dana then leaves. And that's when she does the whole uh, Hal Mellonby thing. And she does remember who he is at that point. Yeah, I'm presuming that that at some point Servalan has gone through all the old files just to bring yes. herself up to speed. Yeah, there's a lot of people she's had put away or killed and yeah. executed over the years. So yeah, you yeah, need to keep it, them, it takes you know, a while. You've got yeah. to have a system. Um, yes. Interestingly, that they didn't go with the idea that uh, uh, Hal was part of Blake's group or was tied into Blake, mm. which they could have easily done. And I'm sort of thankful they didn't because, again, it sort of suggests that there's more rebellions going on. But they... They could have tied it in that he was a contemporary of Blake and was part of Blake's group when Blake was first arrested, and you know they could. They could have and done I like that. it when yeah. they don't do that because this yeah. is what's good about Blake Seven is that they don't make it a small universe because we've already seen this. You know, uh, Project Avalon. He yep. wanted to contact Avalon, but he didn't know her. They didn't have any past history. Yeah. Only Jenner had ever met her. That's what it should be. Yeah, and the be. same with Kasabi. Yeah. Um, you know, in Breakdown. He's heard of her and he wants to meet her, but they don't have a history, and and that's far more uh, believable, isn't it? Yeah, it. I think if again, it's just little things like that that flesh out uh, the universe or the galaxy. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, in that main room thing, how is showing off his test firing range? Oh, okay. that's hilarious. We've got some hilarious weaponry for sure because. Yeah. Yeah, he, he asks Avon to try out this new one, and it looks like it that that looks like a, a Viewmaster or something stuck onto a a, a a grip, doesn't it? Yeah, I I was trying to see whether any of these were existing weapons from Doctor Who, and I didn't. I don't think they were. the only one I thought might be was the the blaster that they give to Avon at the end, the big bulky one. I thought I'm mm. sure I've seen an Ice Warrior carrying something like that, but. I they they all feel like they've perhaps just found them in the BBC stockroom somewhere, but Howell's he's this brilliant weapon designer, and they keep whenever they have brilliant weapon designers in these sort of shows, they always design a weapon that is more useless than just a, a standard gun would be. So he's got this thing, and he goes, "Ah, you can program uh, the the image of the thing you want to shoot on it, and it will automatically." And Avon goes, "Oh, it steers my gun." That sounds like a useless weapon to me. So you've mm. got you've got to know what the, the your enemy looks like. You've got to program yes. that in beforehand. So presumably, if your enemy just puts on a top hat and attacks <laughs> you, your gun's useless, and then shoots you before you can update the image thing. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. just rubbish. And then, yeah, and then I laughed out loud, and and Anna was like, "She goes, what, what, what?" Yeah, talk about I the alien. Yeah, the alien. What was that? <laughs> I 
I Are reckon Dana planet? did that. Yeah. No, Dana did that when she was about 10. Do you reckon? That's Do you reckon the only explanation shoot, for it. He's shooting her fridge paintings. Is that oh, what it is? That's exactly what it is. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we find out the gun is Dana's and that Dana is a genius at weapon design. Um, yeah, hmm. she's she's got a, a natural instinct for uh, weaponry. Yeah. Gaudily coloured, useless yeah. weapons. Useless, yes, gaudily that, coloured weaponry. That's what she's good at, yeah. And uh, Avon, he's ever so polite when he asks what the thing on Hal's chest is. Yeah. Forgive me asking, but that device you're wearing? This. It's an image amplifier. Before I left Earth, I was taken in for questioning by Federation security. They suspected me of supplying weapons to resistance groups. And they were right. Anyway, in persuading me to talk, they were slightly overzealous. They destroyed my optic nerves. This thing gives me partial vision. I'm sorry. No need. It's an attitude of the mind. Most men see only what they want to see. The difference in my case is that I know that my vision is limited. And it's an we've all been staring at it, haven't we? We've yes, all been we staring have. at it. <laughs> That's an impressive bit of bling. Yeah. But no, it's an image amplifier. Yeah. Uh, and it seems that when he was taken in for questioning about, you know, supplying those rebels with weapons, that the interrogators got carried away and burnt out his optic nerves. Which made me think, was it Shrinker, do you think, who well, did that? Well, I thought, I, I thought that exact thing. I thought, oh, that's a nice little nod. Or is it coincidence? I'll take it that it's a nice little nod. Yeah, perhaps Shrinker burnt his eyes out with his soldier iron. Um, yeah, yeah, the thing that Anne raised, though, was um, she said he must stink because... That's thing. His eyes on the outside of his clothes, so he can't. He mustn't be able to take his clothes off. How does he shave as well? Unless it's an electric shaver. Uh, he's probably got some sort. Of, he's probably designed a weapon that recognises the shape of. Dana's beards. got a weapon that yeah. shoots the bristles off. Perhaps Dana shaves him. Well, maybe, maybe. This is this yeah. is this reminded me of um of of the Morbius and Altera relationship on In Forbidden Planet. Very similar mm. story oh, in it. Yeah, that yeah. They're stuck on a planet. He's a scientist. She's getting to that age where they're going to have to go back to Earth for for to further her education. She's curious about yeah. everything. And there, there's there's a definite hint of weird relationships going on. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I don't know whether that was conscious or whether that you know is again this is the episode of of uh, coincidences perhaps it was just a coincidence yeah as weird as that is it gets even weirder because lauren then comes in who is his stepdaughter yeah. who is a saren how does this work um, I, I, I don't understand this why has he taken in a saren uh i don't know because she's blonde i don't know um and and unlike the characters yeah. i mean I, we only see like three male sarens but yeah. they seem quite you know you know, uh, Swamp Castle-like, don't they? They do, Lauren yes. doesn't at all. Well, you get the feeling that... See, th th this is a worrying thought. So he arrives on this planet with Dana, who would have been mm -hmm. uh, two or three. Did he go, well, I, I need someone to look after Dana or to be a chum with her. I'll just go and kidnap a child from Take the Take her Sarans. away while they're sleeping. that's why the hate him. Could be, couldn't it? Yeah. Could be, yeah. Oh, it's, it's all a bit odd. She All doesn't get odd. much of an introduction either, does she? It's and like, she's not in it for much. I don't really no. see the point in her. I, uh, you, you, you could get that character, take that character out, and, and the story wouldn't yeah. be changed in she, the slightest. She impacts nothing and nobody. 
no, no. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's weird. Um, but the, you, you've got this banging noise, and they check the scanners, and they see that the sarans are at the hatch. And Dana says they'll go out the other hatch, I guess the back door, and wipe them out, something that her dad objects to. We'll go out through the other hatch, get round behind them, then we'll have a clear field of fire. Wipe them out with one volley. No, Dana, no. Will you never understand? We take life only in the last extreme. They look fairly extreme to me. We'll use Vitashock weapons. The blast will be painful enough to drive them off without causing any permanent injury. I'll get the guns from the armory. You'll see that Dana and I don't agree in some issues. How can I agree? It contradicts everything I've done all my life. We've made the most sophisticated weapons ever known. They are designed to kill. No, Dana! They have no other purpose, yet you tell me they should never be used. Does that make sense, Avon? I seldom comment on other people's ethics. And like you were saying earlier, she says that the weapons were designed and meant to kill. And he says only as a last resort and that they'll use Vita shock weapons. Yeah. They might as well say space shock. Space shock. Yes, yes, yes. Wasn't Vita some sort of health drink at one point? I seem to remember the name. Yeah, you could get Vita's aid, couldn't you, or something. Yeah, it was something like that. It was like some weird health drink that was actually really bad for you. Yeah, and these Vita shock weapons, what do they look like? I mean, I don't know if that's a Hoover body or what, and they're painted in this horrible colour green. Um, mm, Not good at all. Yeah, they Uh, they look they look terrible. Do you know what would be better than those weapons? Anything, a pointed stick, (laughs) a punnet of strawberries, anything would be better as a weapon than no, no, that. No, they are dreadful. Yeah. But they go off to zap, yep. zap the sarans, and that's when uh, Avon talks to Zen via Orak. Orak, I want a status report on the Liberator. The ship has sustained considerable damage, but is now operating at 54% of normal capacity. This is increasing rapidly as the auto repair systems complete their functions. Can you give me a direct voice link with the Zen computer? Wait. Come on, Orak, come on. Communicators have locked onto your voice beam channel. Transmission may begin. Zen, this is Avon. Have you any information about the rest of the crew? Direct instructions have been received from Blake. Where is he? Is he safe? He reports he is uninjured. A locator malfunction at the time of transmission made it impossible to calculate his exact position. The others? Routine message interception indicates that Jenna is now on a hospital ship. Her injuries are superficial. What was the destination of the hospital ship? That information was unclear. All right. What about Villa and Callie? There has been no communication from either of them. Is the teleport in operation? Repairs will be complete in two hours and 34 minutes. How soon can you bring the Liberator into teleport range? Eight hours is the estimated time. Try and improve on that. Enter orbit with teleport facility set for random pickup. Confirm. Keep listening out for Villa or Cali. If either of them come in, give their pickup priority over mine. Confirm. That's about all. Keep feeding reports through Aura. Information. A space vehicle has been registering on the detectors. Visual scan now indicates that it is approaching the Liberator. Present status suggests the vehicle will attempt docking beside port entry. Can you identify it? Negative. Is there any voice contact? Negative. Is it still coming? Confirmed. Full function has been restored on Liberator weaponry systems. The vehicle can be destroyed on your order. Do it. No, wait. It could be Villa or Cali getting back. Let it dock. 
confirm. Zen, report, Zen. Zen! Further communication with the Liberator is impossible. I must know if anyone boards the Liberator. That is vital. The information is not available. Re-establish contact as soon as possible. Well, of course I will. And uh, apparently the, the repairs are underway. And Zen has heard from Blake. And I like the way when he says, oh, I've heard from Blake. There seems to be some sort of like urgent concern from Avon. Because it's like, where is he? Is he safe? Yeah. Avon is now... He presumed... back, does he? No, it's exactly. I mean, you, you know, we, we know that Avon wants the Liberator and he doesn't want Blake on it. But at the first mention of his name, it's like, is he all right? Is he safe? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. He is concerned about Blake's welfare. Yeah, I think there's some concern. This is a, it's an interesting little exposition dump that he has with Zen, isn't he? And they call it the Zen computer. The mm. Zen computer. Suggesting what? Is there more than one? It's a strange thing to say. Um, but they mention that Jenna has been picked up by a hospital ship. Yeah. And I always, I always thought, oh, okay. Yeah. And then when you think about it, we know that the hospital ship was cutting people up for organs. So is this their way of saying that Jenna's dead? Oh, I'd never even yeah. connected that. that the, no, yeah. I didn't until watching it this time. And I thought, ah, oh, because we'd watched the, the Michael Keaton one, you know, a couple of months back. And I thought, oh, we know that the hospital ship is a organ yeah. bank. So I'd does never... this mean that we can definitively say Jenna's dead at this point? Because, of course, the next time she's ever mentioned is in the very final episode when yeah, Blake's when talking to Tarrant. Yeah. But you could take that, that that was something that Blake made up to test Tarrant yeah. to see if he recognises the name. Exactly, yeah. That doesn't um, actually mean that she did go out and took X amount of bounty hunters with her, you know, when she blew herself up. We don't know. But, yeah, by this point, yeah. she, she she could be on her way to her doom. She could actually be on that planet, you know, where Villa and Callie end up, already dissected. There's yeah. a lovely thought. Yeah, hmm. she's already she's already been uh, cut up, sold on eBay, and is now living several different lives. We'll talk some more about that when we do the yeah. Jenner episode. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, she's on this hospital ship. He's heard nothing from Villa or Callie, and uh, Avon tells Zen to come pick him up. But if he should hear from the other two, they take priority, which is not the self-centered Avon that. We, no. We're going to see later on. He is still concerned about the others. The others take priority over me. Yeah, I'm safe. I'm in this space station under the beach. Yeah, he's, uh, gives he's others on the priority. planet of no bra, so he's happy. Isn't <laughs> he? he's, he's, yes. I, the only thing is, I. he's not thinking quite straight because Villa is... Whatever situation Villa's in, he's going to say it's an emergency, isn't he? Yes. So I yeah. think he should have perhaps said, except Villa. <laughs> except Villa, yeah, yeah. Only if you hear from Callie. Yes, yeah. yeah. And uh, he goes to switch off, and that's when Zen says a ship has appeared on the scanners yeah. and is lining up to dock. And uh, I like how Zen suggests that he can destroy it. Yeah. Zen has never suggested doing anything before, but now here he is. The, the, you know, the ship can be destroyed upon your command. Um yeah, that, that that that's very interesting, and also very interesting. I like this ship, this yellow yeah, ship. It's a, it's a nice little shot of Clegg's ship. It's, it's a, a nice, nice shot, and yeah. and a few years back, I had a mind to make that ship. Oh, right. Okay, and uh, yeah, I, I I did lots of screen captures. Hmm. I've I've got some photos of of the 
prop, you know, when it was appearing at yeah. a convention or something, and uh, just never got round to it because it, it's quite that quite a lot of compound curves on the front yeah. kind of put me off, and it's quite big because there's a quite clearly visible Tamiya tank part on one bit which gives you the idea of the scale of the thing and it must it's got to be about a foot long this model so uh that kind of put me off okay yeah, which is a strange to to make a model that size just for one tiny little shot mm, yeah yeah all right but uh um yeah so zen suggests that he destroys it and avon yeah. says do it but then it's like oh no it might be one of the other two you yeah. know attempted to come back um leave it let it dock and that's when we get lots of static um, I guess that's just a breakdown of the of the Liberator's systems temporarily, but we're supposed to think that yeah. that ship has attached and uh, 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 attached itself and uh, and has done that. We later find out yeah, that's it's not done the case. something. Yeah, but we learn yeah. later on. I mean, Cle- Clegg and Tarrant had no way of no putting out a dampening field or anything like that. No, no. Um, in comes Serverland, and uh, they sit oh, down just, and have a... Hold on, I've just thought of what it was. What? Well, we know that Tarrant is not a great pilot. He's a blowhard. So perhaps he landed that yellow ship on their communications dish. <laughs> and that's what he was actually... Bro- yeah, he just literally landed on it and crushed it. He thought it was a docking port, yeah. but it wasn't. It was this satellite antennae or something. Yeah. yeah. All right, Blame then. it on Tarrant. I think that's official now. <laughs> Um, you know, no, Serverland comes in and they sit and have a natter and she tells Avon, you know, that he's infinitely corruptible. I yes. don't know where she gets this idea from. And and says to pour them both a drink that they've got much to talk about. Yeah, uh, she's she's acting like he's an old friend that she knows a great deal about. She's met him like twice, I think. He shouldn't be once. in the same room as her. Yeah. He really shouldn't. Um, but before we get to their talk, you know, we cut to outside and the the Sarans are getting zapped with a truly awful video effect that's yep. going on the list. And uh, and then we go back to where, Sir, well, basically she makes her play, doesn't she? I'm going to be honest with you. That should be mildly disconcerting. I know the Liberator is on its way here to pick you up. What makes you think that? I was hiding over there. I heard every word. I see. Go on. My only chance of getting off this planet is if I can make contact with a serviceable Federation ship. That possibility seems fairly remote. Surely not. Once they realize the President is marooned, they will be coming in droves. I don't think so. You see, there's something you probably don't know. Star One was destroyed. Are you sure? Positive. An alien counterattack, it took us by surprise. They reduced the entire planet to so much space debris. Nothing survived. And Star One was the basis of Federation power. It controlled everything. Exactly. And now it's gone, so is most of the Federation. From now on, there will be chaos in the star systems. No central control, no unifying force. Over half the civilized planets left to their fate. So Blake's rabble finally got freedom of choice. He won after all. Forget Blake. You have control of the Liberator now. There's no more powerful ship in the galaxy. You have Aurac. Don't you see what that means? You tell me about it. You could rebuild it all. All those worlds could be yours, Avon. They're there for the taking. You and I could build an empire greater and more powerful than the Federation ever was or ever could have been. Now, Avon. 
At this moment, we can take history and shape it in our own image. Think of it. Absolute power. There is nothing you can imagine that we couldn't do. I am thinking of it. We can do it, Avon. I know we can. We'll be answerable to no one. Ours will be the only voice. Imagination, our only limit. Dead in a week. Yeah, um, and it, and it's and it's quite rightly regarded as a classic scene. This uh, I, I remember seeing this uh, segment uh, shown on on various TV shows, and you know when there would be an interview with Jacqueline Pierce, they would show this one first, yeah. wouldn't they? You know, and uh, and it and it's just brilliant. You know, both actors are brilliant. You know, it's ter- terrific dialogue. You know. Um, saying how she and Avon could rebuild things in their image and that there's nothing that they couldn't do, you know? Yeah, and it's nice that that Avon sees... I mean, he, he doesn't even see through it. He knows exactly that nothing she says is trustworthy. Mm. He still he still uh, gets a snog out of it. I think nice. that's why he did it. He just went along with it so he could get a snog yeah. prior to grabbing her by the throat. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because well, he, just... Be- yeah. I think he you. boasted of this to Tarrant, didn't he, in their long, lonely... Knights on the Liberator, and that—that's why Tarrant wanted to have a snog with her. Oh, do you think? I think. Oh, so. oh what's even worse would be after Sand that yeah. the two oh. of them compare notes. Yeah. Oh, that's no. even worse. Ugh, ugh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Just before the snog, she says, "You know, imagination is our only limit." And yeah, they have that snog. We have the throat uh, gr- grasped, and yeah. she's thrown to the floor, and we get that classic line of, "You know, imagination, my only limit." I'll be dead in a week. He knows her, doesn't he? <laughs> you know. Yeah, and this is so. So we, we've objected before to the portrayal of violence to women on this show, and I don't. This scene doesn't go under that because the violence is not aimed at her because she's a woman. The violence is aimed at her because she's an untrustworthy. Opponent. Because of who she is. Yeah, and I think Avon's entirely justified in what he does in this one um it, but it's it yeah it's it's an it, it just shows the subtle differences that can make mm. a scene compelling or revolting isn't it it's, yeah 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 no no it's a, yeah, it's a lovely scene yeah 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 uh, i mean i don't have a problem with this this no. is in keeping with the characters yeah. um and uh yeah i'm fine with it yeah um, outside, Dana, Howe and Lauren, they've finished their zapping, but Lauren says she'll stay until dark and check the hatch. And uh, then it's a little bit later. Avon has told Howe that he's free as the Federation is smashed because that's something he got from Servalan in that talk. Yeah. And uh, Howe says he doesn't know if he'll leave, but uh, Dana should. She should go outside and it'll be good for her to experience you know, other cultures and things. Like you say, very much like Forbidden Planet. Um, and then it's bedtime, and yes. uh, 
Servalan has had a rummage in a cupboard. I don't know why there's a gun in a cupboard. It's quite a nifty, like little green pistol thing that she I, finds. Uh, yeah, I, I, I buy that. I think, I think Dana is the sort of person that would secrete guns all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but outside, Lauren is caught, isn't she? Uh, yes. You know, welcome back, daughter. Um, we go back in, and Servalan sneaks out to grab Orac. And uh, but she's caught by uh, Hal, who I'm guessing figured she'd try something like this. Move away from it. You're welcome to leave, but you're not taking Orac with you. Just what were you planning? It's quite simple. If I have Orac, Avon will agree to whatever terms I offer him. He can't control the Liberator's teleport without it. It was a good idea. I hadn't counted on anyone being here. We all make mistakes. That's true. You did yourself once, didn't you? You see, I finally remembered who you are. That was all a long time ago. But not forgotten. You led a revolt that took more than three weeks to suppress. It cost a lot of Federation lives. And the lives of virtually everyone who followed me. You knew the consequences of what you were attempting? Yes, and when we fell, we made an honorable surrender. We were promised fair trial. Instead, the security forces massacred everyone, men, women, and children. That night, I watched them all die. My own wife, my friends, everybody. Everybody but you. Hasn't that ever made you feel guilty, Mellonby? Of course it has. I've lived with guilt most of my life. I should have died with them. But I had a chance of saving Dana. I took it. They branded you a coward. Your name was universally despised. Might have been true. I've never been sure. Still, it's all over now. The Federation is finished. You have nothing to fear anymore. Nothing to fear. Mellonby. Over here, Mellonby. You were then, you are now. You don't win wars by running away and hiding. Are you there? Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. sorry, the, sorry. The, the cat is meowing for her tea. Oh, the cat makes another appearance. Yeah, okay. she's coming yeah. to the bedroom and she's meowing. At, so you might hear a cat meowing. Yeah, yeah. There's no, no comment on the episode. All right, okay, fair enough. Um, he says she can leave, but Ulrak stays. Yeah, Ulrak. Yeah, and she says she's figured out who he is. Yeah. Um, he led a revolt that took three weeks to get under control. Okay, another Blake. Um, yeah. And uh, just like Blake... In, in the very first episode, you know, uh, when they're caught, they're massacred, aren't they? And uh, his wife was massacred as well. And he ran with Dana and was branded a coward, according to Servalan. Yeah, it's, and this, I say, it's nice that they didn't try and link it all together or, you know, it, it, the fact that she didn't remember, I think, is really nice because you wouldn't, why would she know every person in the galaxy and the fact mm. that it took time for her and then she pieced it together yeah i think it's, it's quite nice subtle writing for a, 
uh, an episode that is not not sort of got a lot of subtlety in it. No, no. And uh, she also says he's got nothing to fear, that it's yeah. all over, and that's when he lowers his gun. Did you recognise the gun? Uh, it didn't ring any bells. What was it? Which it should have done, because this is the one we were talking about on the Shrinker episode. Oh, right. The um, they, yeah, that's Avon, the one that yeah. Avon pulls on Shrinker, and we've said, well, yeah. we're, we're, we've never seen this before, but here it is, before uh, uh, Rumours of Death, um, we've, got, um, we've got the gun there. It's, it's one of um, Dana's or Hal's, and... Uh, and um, so, so Avon tossed the gun that used to belong to the person that Shrinker may well have blinded, yeah, he must have kept it. He must have stuck it in his yeah. boot or something like that and took it with him up onto the Liberator, you know? Or, um, or Hal is a bit of a liar and he's been telling Dana he's designed all these guns and actually they're just normal models that you can go into Walmarts and buy. And she, being naive because she yeah. doesn't know anybody else, believes yeah. it. Oh, She's yeah. Going, Look at this amazing weapon he's made. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Avon's yeah, going, yeah, yeah it's, uh, you can, I got one of them in my cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> But Serverland, she shoots that um, yeah. amplifier she, thing. Well, she toys with him like a cat with her. She shoots that first, yeah. and then she toys with yeah. him back to the cat. Um, yeah, Mel and B, you know, and all like yeah. this. Yeah, she is a sadist. She really oh, is. Oh, definitely. There's, there's no... At this point, she's gone past the I'm just doing this to keep the Federation in power type thing, isn't it? That's, she's, she's enjoying the fact that she's toying with him before she's going to kill him. And and that's what she does. She toys yeah. with him for a while, and then when she's had enough, just shoots him dead. Yeah. Um, and and goes off with Orac. Um, I don't know how she got up that spiral staircase with Orac. No, but she I, does. As, as she she picks him up and she goes off, and they cut sort of cut away. And I thought that I thought, yeah, she's never going to get that up there. That's, <laughs> we, we've all tried to get boxes that size up into the attic on a ladder. You're yeah. not going to do it. Interestingly, uh, though, um, I think Hal get. He has the mo one of the most overacted deaths I've ever seen. It's not I mean, good, is it? It's, it's almost of Dorian levels, isn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. No, it's not good. Um, they go after her after they find, you know, the dead Hal. They go after her. They find the crucified Lauren. Yeah. Um, Who, although she's dead, is uh, holding on to that. She is. Bar nicely. So is that rigor mortis, perhaps? It's rigor mortis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Servalan is with that leader, and she's trying to do a deal, but he doesn't. He doesn't yeah. give her. Uh, he's even less she's likely to take it up, isn't it? Yeah. 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 She's only got one gun, and you, you yeah. know, you lie because she says I can get you more, and it's like, oh, you lie. Um, they catch her up, um, but uh, he tells Dana not to kill her because he can't see Orac. Yeah. And uh, tells Dana to create a diversion. And uh, so off Avon goes. He frees Servalan. And they go in that cave again. In that yeah. flaming cave. We don't have too much time. Where is Orac? Safe. Where? Let's talk about what I get in return. You got your life, didn't you? And naturally, I'm grateful, but it's not enough. You're in no position to bargain. Oh, but I am. Without Orac, you're helpless. And you know it, don't you, Avon? What is it you want? Passage off this planet. When the Liberator comes in, I want to teleport up with you. No. Then we all stay here together. Be sensible. I'm not asking you to give me the Liberator. Just take me to the nearest civilized planet and put me down. You have nothing to lose. All right, I agree. Now, where is Orac? Oh, no, way. Oh, no, it's not that simple. We know each other far too well. There are conditions. Go on. First of all, 
I want a gun. No. There is only one. I only want one. Convince her. A teleport bracelet? I'll give it to you when we have oil. You'll give it to me now. You have another? Yes. Good. But I think we can say we're in business. You got what you wanted, Sir Lamb. Don't expect admiration as well. There is one thing, perhaps, you haven't accounted for. I don't think so. I'm going to kill you. Sooner or later. Where is Orak? I hid it near the entry lock. Well, that's where we see that it's like, it literally is just a, like a, a cat flap in a wall. It is. It's a tent yeah. with a cat flap. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. That is poor. Um, but Servalan says she'll let them know where Orak is if she's teleported up with them and put down on a suitable planet. And she wants a gun. Okay. And that's when Avon says, we've only got one. And yeah. she goes, I only want one. <laughs> you know, she's still quite, you know, in command and quite confident, even though, you know, uh, she's uh, she's not exactly in command right now, is she? No. Well, I I think yeah, she's such a, an interesting character. Um, so I I love that that yeah that it's like when yeah that she's she's still she always acts as if she's on top of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's how she was as a character throughout her whole life. Yeah. And that's why she created enemies. And that's how she yeah. got her reputation, you know. Even as a, 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 a cadet, I reckon she was like this. Because we yeah. we hear as much, don't we, yeah, from I Kasabi. Yeah, so she would have been the snobby one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she also wants a teleport bracelet, bracelet yeah. and she wants it now. And um, Dana reminds her that um, that she'll kill her one day. Okay, before they set off. Yeah. Well, and where so this this when I was watching this, I was thinking, I mean, it, it it it's not beyond the realms of possibility that that they tucked a spare teleport bracelet mm. in that. But why? What? So he was unconscious. They put a teleport bracelet on him. Yes. Where Where's the one for Dana come from? Yeah. Does or did Orak have one? Oh, I don't know. You're not supposed to think about that. From. You don't need to. Uh, you're supposed no. to think about it. And Dana here saying, "I'm going to kill you sooner yeah. or later." I mean, once they find Orak, I mean, if somebody has just killed my yeah. loved one, and I'm standing by that person who's done that, not half an hour before, but you can't kill that person because you can't find this thing. At the very moment you find that thing, yeah. that's it. it. Yeah, you're going to go gan on her ass, aren't you? Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. She's, she she's she choked. Good. She throttled. Yeah. Clegg to death. Yeah. Kill Servalan there. As soon as Aurax revealed, kill her. You know? She, um, she, this, this is the first of innumerable instances where she says, I'm going to kill you, Servalan, and then just holds on long yeah. enough for her to no, escape. No, it's daft. It's yeah. daft. Um, but, yeah, they find Aurax. He's buried near the hatch, yeah. and uh, they get him. Aurax says he'll teleport them when they're in range. This last bit of the uh, of the story is all a bit rushed because you know Servalan slaps Dana unconvincingly. Oh, she gets very, the yeah. gun. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's not staged very well. They have a bit of a tussle. Um, Avon and and Dana teleport um, just as the uh, the bad guys arrive, yeah. and Servalan goes down that hatch. And closes it. And the story ends with what will become the opening of the next story, 
you know, with uh, Tarrant saying about, you know, summary execution, etc., yeah. etc. Et Big question that everybody keeps asking about on this story. What happened to Orak? Yeah, they, he doesn't... He doesn't teleport up with yeah. them. So he's still on the planet yeah. at the start of the next episode. Yeah. I, it, it's a bit of a glaring error. I mean, you could, again, you could, I suppose, because I'm trying to think. You don't. He could have beamed up, teleported up. Oops. No, he couldn't. He couldn't because no. the ship is underway. Because it's it's going yeah. off to get Villa. The Liberator is in motion. When it teleports Dana and Avon up, it teleports them up, and then it's yeah. going into direct line flight, as they say in the next story. You know. So there's no way that they could have gone, oh, Avon went back and teleported Orak. He would have to go back down to the planet to yeah. hold on to Orak to teleport, to teleport back up, up again. Yeah, not going to work, is it? Uh, but you couldn't have done it. You couldn't have had Avon arrive holding Orak and then have Tarrant there. You know, no. that would have blown it. Yeah, so it's, it's almost like if if you can't make that work, rewrite it so that you're not mm. in that position. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ian, or just ignore uh, it and think that no one's going to notice at the time. Yeah. All right, then, behind the scenes. Um, this is the part two of the battle between humans and the Andromedans. Um, yeah. This is the direct continuation. But Big Finish created an audio story uh, which bridged the two, and it's called Warship, um, which I've got and I've listened to, and... It's enjoyable. It, it, it's fun. You know, you've got the whole cast there, apart from uh, Peter Tuddenham, because he, he had died at that point, and you had a guy called Alistair Locke take over. And while he does a good job, it's, it's just not the same. Yeah. And uh, it's also one of these things where... Um, if you're doing something on audio, you can be far more ambitious than if you're doing something visually. And, um, you know, in that, you know, the Liberator is attacked by some of the Andromedans. And, you know, that they're scuttling about on the whole of the Liberator, almost like um, in the Star Wars prequel. Which one is it? I think it's the third one. Um, yeah. Where you've got these little, like, scuttle bots which are crawling around and, and damaging um, Anakin and Obi-Wan's uh, fighters. You know, and Villa has to go out with Jenna in spacesuits and, you know, start knocking them off. And Blake, even though he's, you know, almost mortally wounded at the end of Star One, is well enough to transport down to another planet near Star One with Callie because there's an earlier version of Star One. And it, it, it sounds horribly overcomplicated. It's, it's not. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to detract from it. I mean, it's, it, it, it is fun. Um, but I don't consider it canon. It's one of these things, it's fun to listen to because no. you've got the whole cast doing it. Um, okay, they sound older, but it is the whole cast, but mm. I don't consider it canon. I would rather it be Star One and Aftermath. You know, yeah. I don't need any filler in between. I think that's the, yeah, I mean, I I think we've discussed before the big finishes and that, and I, I'm not a great fan of them. I mean, they're okay to listen to, and I, I've listened to a few of the Doctor Whos and stuff like that. Um, None of them, none of them are needed, and they do start to become a production line of where can we jam another story in? Where mm. can we jam another story in? Where can we jam another story? And it's it almost I I I almost get tired of it all. Mm. It's it's strange. I 
perhaps I mean they're perhaps not aimed at, at me as a market. Well, it's a waste of time because I've not bought any of them. So, <laughs> um, but I think if you're going to do it, just do a do something more interesting than this constant. Star Warsian fill in the yeah, gaps, fill in the gaps and explaining yeah. things. Yeah, you don't need to just have other adventures that we never saw. I yeah, it's you. Do, yeah, it, you're right. Do, do new stuff. If you haven't got a compelling story to tell, don't tell it because mm. you're doing it for money at that point. Yes, yes, yes. You know, yeah. and that. I mean, I'm big finish. They, you know, it's a successful business. It's talented people, but I do get the feeling now that it's a. Uh, it's a, a money-making exercise. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On to on to the actual uh, story itself. This is unusual. It's not very often that um, uh, the Blake Seven production unit went out of the home counties. Yeah. But they did for this one. The location filming was in the north of England, uh, uh, on Bambra Beach, near Bambra Castle. That's where the budget went on the train fares. Yeah, and the hotel bills yeah. and stuff. Yeah. We went up there, we were in that neck of the woods uh, last year on holiday before yeah. I started this podcast and I wish we had done it this year because I could have done it with a view to a little special yeah. feature on it and try and line up shots and stuff like that. We were on that beach right near that castle, we were on yeah. those, in those sand dunes. You might have found the remnants of, uh, of the hatch. Could have done. Yeah. i tell you what I would have looked for and that's the mythical... Man in the yellow anorak. Oh right, yeah. Uh, you mentioned this, and I, I didn't notice him, so he can't. I can't him. notice him. I can't. I can't find him. Apparently, if you do look carefully enough, somewhere in the distance, there is a man walking his dog. <laughs> and he's not a saron. Um, and yeah, apparently there is somebody just walking their dog. If you know where to look, how do we know that that wasn't Hal? And Hal had a dog, and he was walking it in his yellow overcoat. Um, we well, well, you never know. It would depend if he had shoulder pads. I'd yeah. say that was how. Yeah, if he if he looked like a square block walking down the beach, <laughs> like one or of these pixel he, things off a of Minecraft. Yeah, that's or if how. he was strutting <laughs> along with his dog, <laughs> or if in the distance yeah. you can hear a bit of Isaac Hayes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was how. That yeah. was how. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were saying before about you know, um, no, this is nonsense that these two would get along like this and have a snog and stuff like this because um, <clears throat> this is the first time they ever speak to each other, okay? Um, Avon and Serverland came face-to-face -face in Aurac, yeah. uh, Weapon and Pressure Point, but this is the first time they've actually spoken to each other. Yeah, and yet she acts like they're old yeah. acquaintances and yeah. they've, they, you know, they've been parring and battling each other. Yeah, it's... It's this reset where it's like we've lost our lead character. I could, it would make more sense if it was Blake because obviously she he's spoken to her. But even then, it wouldn't make that much sense because but they never... didn't really know each other no. before the events of the way back or anything like that. No, there's no. I mean, because we we we're all along we've said that we we really enjoy the the relationships in this because it doesn't descend into cliched. Uh, they actually love each other, do they? Will they? Won't they? Rubbish. And this is what this is starting to feel like, isn't yeah. it? That that they're trying to set up some, again, sort of Holmes and uh, uh, and Moriarty style great 
side, you know, sides fighting each other, and it doesn't need it. No, they've no. they've got opposing ideologies. That's all it needs. I suppose yes. that's the trouble at this point. And I think we said this last week or the week before. Avon, once he gets back on Liberate, Avon should not give a, a fig about the Federation. No, he, he should point. be off. He, yeah. He's got that room full of valuables and the most powerful yeah. ship in the galaxy. He yeah. should be off. He's got no no personal grudge with Servalan or the regime. Uh, he, quite the yeah. opposite. I mean, it, um, from what we've seen of him, he was quite happy to be working yeah. on uh, XK seventy two. Yep. If things went sour, he was talking about working, you know, to embezzle the Federation. He, he hasn't got any qualms about working with them to get his own aim, aims, has he? Yeah, he's, he's, there's no no way should he be carrying on fighting. This is where it's all it all stems from. This we've lost the main character. Really, mm. the series should have finished at Star One. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't because we got some lovely stuff. But yeah, realistically, the storyline was up at Star because one. you're changing. Yeah, there. you're changing a character to become the hero. Yeah. I mean, the the initial uh, idea in season three that you weren't going to have this guy called Tarrant. You were, you're going to have this guy called the Captain, who yeah. was going to come in, who was an older person, older than Blake, you know, and he would uh, assume command and go up against Avon, who you know. Uh, would still be grumbling and that, you know. Avon was never meant to have been the hero. No, well, Avon, the the character of Avon as we know it isn't a hero. He's also not a person that will take command because he's too selfish. Yes. And and being in command requires a level of of uh, sort of concern for the people under you and and a bigger picture. And there's no bigger picture of Avon. It's how does this affect me? Will it affect my life? No, yeah. couldn't give a monkeys. I mean, and that's I mean, not a hero that you can have run in a ship. No, I, I, and the change was before this. You know, the story before this, Star One, the the season one Avon, when confronted by this, you know, horde of aliens coming through that gap, would have turned tail and gone away. Yeah. When Villa says why, and and Avon says why not, um, you know, that's not the Avon from season one. You yeah. know, you. If that was the final episode, you could have had this as uh, as some sort of arc for Avon. That So by Star 1, he's realised that his selfish way of life isn't going to work. And mm. there's bigger concerns. But at no point is that ever set up. No. And at, no at no point is this ever Avon's story in seasons 1 and 2. No. It's only when they lose Blake that it's like, oh, actually, no, it was all... Avon is the central character. No, he's not. He never was. No, he might be the fan no. favourite. But he it's, never was the main one. No, it's like... It'd be like as if you... You know, season three of Star Trek or something, they would have said, actually, it was all about Spock, you know? Or, or, or McCoy. Or McCoy. No, it wasn't. It was about Kirk. Mm, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it... You can see all the problems stem from this. They couldn't. I don't think there was much else they could do other than end the show. No. So, but they had to go forward. So yeah. they had to do this. And and yeah, I mean, it is. I can see why they chose to do it. But it, yeah, it just flies in the face of everything else that came before it, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It, all it right. Really okay. So uh, yeah, Hal Mellenby, played by uh, Kai, is it Cy Grant? Kai Grant? Cy uh, Grant. Cy Grant. I've okay. always heard it as Cy. Cy Grant, yes. Uh, he served in the RAF during World War II. Um, doesn't look like he crashed planes as much as uh, old Joban <laughs> did. No. And uh, after the war, he qualified as a barrister, but then became interested in acting. 
Um, he was the first black person to appear regularly on a British television show. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, first no, ever. No, yeah. yeah, I don't know what the TV show was, but there was like, you know, um, do you remember how, you know, uh, that was the week that was, you had like yeah. a topical show. I think it was like that because he sang uh, topical calypsos. Oh, right. That's what not stereotyping a, a at all, is it? Thing, no. Yes. <laughs> topical calypsos. Yes. And in 1974, he founded Drum, which was Britain's first art centre to showcase black actors. Right. Okay. So rather prestigious. Um, I know him from something we're going to talk about in a minute with the genre tally. All right. In fact, let's do it now. Let's get into genre tally. He's got quite a small genre tally. I'll, I'll, I'll sigh, unfortunately. And I'm very surprised, seeing as, you know, he, he was acting in uh, the 60s and 70s. He never appeared in any Doctor Who. No. Um, usually the people we feature, you know, that you've got at least one appearance in Doctor yeah, Who, but so no. It's almost like where as soon as you get your equity card, you get a, an appearance in a Doctor Who, don't you? Yes, but... yes. So first genre appearance is the thing that I know him from, uh, yeah. Captain Scarlet. Yes. Uh, where he's yes. Lieutenant Green. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, I, I loved Lieutenant, Lieutenant Green. Green. I loved him. Um, so Just such a cool character. He, he was always cool. He was always calm, wasn't he? With that very distinctive voice. Yes. Yeah, it's... And it's for a character that is almost pure exposition with Colonel White. Because he generally didn't get to go on the, the missions, did he, Paul? No, he was just um, sat at his, yeah. at his desk most of the time, it, wasn't he? It was such a clever way of, of getting, because he was obviously the young, new Spectrum agent, and so you would always turn around and ask Colonel White something, and then Colonel White could explain to the audience what was happening. Um, but considering that's what the character was, he it's fleshed out, and he yeah, he, he is a really good character in it. Mm. And um, what is so cool and so brilliant about Captain Scarlet was that he was a main character who was black, who at that time you didn't get. You didn't get much at all. I, I know, you know, a few years or no, I think it's about the same time. You know, it, it was quite radical that, you know, you had a a black actor in the time tunnel and yeah. you had Yahura in Star Trek. It was starting to happen. Yeah. And Jerry Anderson had decided, you know, this guy's going to be black, you know, in much the same way uh, the Angels, um, you know, the, 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 the fighter pilots of Spectrum were female. And not really much was ever mentioned about it. Um, no, well, yeah, I, there, there, there were a couple you, of subplots that of were... Your, yeah. Say again? I was going to say, in one of your um, uh, Effectively Speaking podcasts, we sort of mentioned that... Um, that Jerry Anson was like the least sexist, the least mm. racist person mm. you could ever want. And I think that that shows through that he, he did this, but then there was never any, uh, look at this, they're women pilots. They're women pilots, everyone. Look and, at this. And, yeah, and Lieutenant's yeah. green. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, the colour of his skin was never ever Immaterial. mentioned. Yeah. yeah, and that's how it should be. Yeah. That's how it should be. And they um, used a black actor to portray a yeah. black character, you know, yeah, which they, is totally and utterly logical. Yeah, but not necessarily what would normally happen. I mean, no, I that's what I'm saying. Like, At that yeah, time, when you had the and, yeah. when you had the likes of the black and white minstrel show yeah. and, and nonsense like that, you know, um, yeah, no, this that 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 was what was so great about it, you know. Yeah, it was groundbreaking. It was really groundbreaking. Really there you good. go. But yeah. as a kid, you didn't question it. No, you know, it no. Was, 
yeah, he just he was one of the uh, the, the he was one super of Spectrum. cool Spectrum agents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And green's my favourite colour, so I oh, always yeah. wanted his uniform. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never seen him in it. I, I'll have to go back and watch it. I've got it on Blu-ray, but I've only watched it once. But he's in uh, Journey to the Fire Side of the Sun, the Jerry Anderson film called Doppelganger. Oh, yeah. I'm not. In, uh, I've I've got got that on Blu-ray, and I've watched it a couple of times. I'm not as familiar with it as. To 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 reckon, I mean, yeah. I probably I would recognise it if I went to look for him, but yeah, it doesn't ring a bell. Are you like me? You just watch it for the special effects. It's yeah, it's a I bit fast of a plot forward, of a film, yeah. isn't it? I fast forward to you in the the air quotes character bits. Yeah, um, yeah, no, yeah. It's no. quite a dull film. It is dull. It is yeah. dull. Uh, another film he's in next, um, and I can't remember him in that either. And I don't watch this much. Um, At the Earth's Core. Okay. Oh, right. He's in that apparently. Yeah. Somebody I called mean, I, Ra. I like it. It's, you know. He's called Ra. Now with a name like Ra, I've got a feeling I know where he is in that film. Yeah. Um he, he's he's not a leading character. Um, he's gonna be one of the tied up Yes. Uh yeah. Pellucidan natives. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um But Caroline Monroe. Yes. <laughs> That's the only reason I do watch yeah. it. That and Peter Cushing. Uh, who who seems to bit oddly be Doctor Who in that, doesn't he? he? Is, you yeah. know, he I, I take that as the first his... Doctor Who film. Yeah. It is, <laughs> very much so. Then it's here in Blake 7. Yep. Um, and then an, another favourite show of yours after that, uh, Metal Mickey. Oh, good Lord. Metal Mickey. <laughs> and, what and a apparently... bizarre little time that was. Oh, oh that... Oh. Yeah. I, I, he had I, a pop I... career. Yes, he had a hit I, single, a television I think I, show. I think I watched it just because there was a robot. Yeah, but it was awful. It was an awful robot. It was awful. Oh, all, all the humans in it were awful. Yeah. Um, that especially that granny who who oh, who you yeah. know got laughs yeah. from just being like forgetful. Yeah, you know? she's an old lady. <laughs> yeah, she's got Alzheimer's. Isn't this yeah. funny? You know, I used oh, to watch. I used to watch it purely to see if you could spot a shot where the huge chunky cables were going into Metal Mickey's foot, <laughs> which they tried to disguise a lot. But if ever you saw photos of him, it was huge cables going into yeah. power him and do stuff. Isn't awful. Mickey yeah. Mickey Dolenz was uh, associated with that? He wasn't was, he producer yes. or he was something? The producer, I think. Yeah. Oh, the, what a shocking show that was! But apparently, old Cy he he had a recurring role really? in it called Mr. Young. I don't even dare try and find that on YouTube. I don't want to watch Metal it's Mickey. Gonna, I think I think his part is possibly going to be it's going to be slightly racist, I reckon. Mm. I can see well, it as yeah. like the, the the news agent or yeah, I mean, you, it just it's that era. It's just Yeah, I mean we're talking like, you know, 78, mm. 79 round there. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh dear. Um, and that's it. That's his uh, genre tally. He's got a genre tally of five, which gives him an Anderson tally of two. All right? Yeah. So, so that's that. So that's it. That's uh, Hal uh, dealt with and put away um, in his, uh, you know, cape cupboard. In his um, cape cupboard. I, yeah, I hope he was buried with a cape. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, and again, this is one of those episodes where we've just absolutely ripped it to pieces. I enjoyed it. it no, was, I, it was I, a good no, no, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I did. Yeah, it's a bit of uh, fluff, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's it, nonsense. It, but... it, yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah. It's fluff, but uh, it's enjoyable fluff. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's, I got my money's worth. It's not. It's not. I'd happily watch it again. I enjoy it. You know, it's it's not one that it doesn't progress the story much. <laughs> 
No, you, you you learn a little bit about what's going on with the Federation, yeah. but that's about it. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's some absolutely stonking acting going on during it. And it's mm. like, the scenery is nice. I, think it, <laughs> I mean, it's very, it gave me a very Planet of the Apes feel when you get that long sweeping shot of the... Uh, the, of the, the beach, beach and there, yeah, and it's like, and it 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 brings it out. It looks good. I always, I always used to think of this one. This this one was the one that they'd spent a lot of money on, and it looked good. But then when you look at it now with an eye to detail, it's the exact opposite, isn't it? Yes, it's the one they haven't spent a but it, on. Really. Yeah, but it would have looked worse if that wasn't a beach and that was a quarry. Oh, yeah, then it would have looked even worse, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, you you can imagine it, can't you? Just a quarry with one of those uh, a hatch just stuck. Yes, there. yeah, in the wall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's that's us over. Before we go today, I'd just like to say anybody who might be listening out there that doesn't go on our Facebook page, uh, we're now on Twitter. Um, you know, we're not content with just annoying people on Facebook and iTunes. Um, we are now out in the Twitterverse. So we're, we're cutting edge now, aren't we? We're, <laughs> we're at how many years well, late, I, but we've I, finally I've, got I there. I couldn't find our MySpace. Yeah, I couldn't find our MySpace page. Oh, that's next. Oh, MySpace good. is Excellent. next, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure right. Tom, Thomas said he'll help us out with that one. So. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, thank you, everybody out there. Join us next time. Um, we're going to stay gaudy. Because we're going to take a look at Keeler in Season 4's episode Gold. Okay, so join us for Gold. that one. Gold, yeah. Now, do, yeah, I put, do I put that at the beginning I think you've got episode? to, yeah. I think you've got to. It's it's a, it's a, it's a underwritten law. All right. You, you must okay. do a bit of uh, gold at the beginning of an episode called Gold. All right, I've got to track down my Spandau Ballet then. All right, thank you everybody out there. Thank you, Ian. No problem. I enjoyed and- it as ever. Um, smash in thank you very much and uh, yeah see you next time bye bye thanks then bye